This is the Neil Evans Says Podcast with our special guest, champion horse trainer, Joe Pride. Yeah, look, she's, she's just airborne at the moment. She's won a two trials, won a two races back. She's got this air of invincibility about her at the moment. Maria Mia takes the lead. Golden Miles a half length away, a length now. Maria Mia's going strongly. Maria Mia kicking away and here we go again. The New Haven Bears way too good. Maria Mia. This week... Neil Evans says... When you see a horse that short, there tends to be some sort of... There may be some fun and games inside, try to keep that horse posted. There's still some tactical work to be done, even though the market says... It's Aft Cabin's race to lose. McDonald said go now on Aft Cabin. And the favourite race is two lengths clear. Zoo Tiger goes to second. Then came Communist. But it's a great return to racing for Aft Cabin. A big winner. Welcome wherever you are listening across Australia. Thanks for joining us on the Neil Evans Says podcast with our special guest champion trainer Joe Pride standing by to give us some insights into his top runners for this Saturday. Neil has been busy studying the form lines to find us some winners. And we have three big races this Saturday at Rose Hill to cover the Silver Slipper Stakes, the Millie Fox Stakes and the Hobartville Stakes and we'll also preview the big one at Flemington, the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning Stakes over 1,000 metres. And Neil Evans, welcome to you. It was great to see the big A Animo return last Saturday and your tip for the CFO, Jack and O, got up after a protest but it was an outstanding run from the three-year-old Colt, wasn't it? Yeah, hello, Sumsey. Hello to everyone. It was a, another terrific win from Jack and Noah, of course. Just just tightened up for room there in behind. And uh, for a three-year-old to, 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 to respond to that sort of pressure late in a race and get through a tight gap. Now, we got the race on protest, as we know. You could see the bump. Wasn't far from the line from good boy Roy, but uh, it was significant. The margin was narrow, and I don't think anyone was too surprised, of course, for those uh, biased on the other one. Uh, the Jack and O got the prize. So two from two this prep, not just a, a three-year-old with a big engine, uh, but one that's really in for the dogfight close to the line. When will Jack and O run again? Uh, probably another uh, another fortnight. They'll bring Jack and O back. I mean, there's pl- the thing about the three-year-olds is such a such a big time of the year for three-year-olds. There's a lot of form lines coming from everywhere else. We're going to see that at Rose Hill this Saturday, uh, and that's a real uh, a real art form in itself, trying to line up these three-year-old forms. But certainly Jack and O, uh, top of the pops at the moment. Okay, well, earlier this week, we caught up with champion trainer Joe Pride. We have an extended interview with Joe, which we will release this Sunday morning. Joe gives us some very good insights into his top runners, including Eduardo and Private Eye. And he even shares with us how he likes to celebrate after a big day at the races. So we had a bit of fun with Joe as well. So look out for that special podcast with Joe Pride being released this Sunday morning. Right now, though, this is Joe Pride talking to us about his top runners for this Saturday. First up, Maria Mia. Yeah, look, she's she's just airborne at the moment. She's won two trials, won two races back. She's got this air of invincibility about her at the moment. She's um, she's going really well. very happy with her progress since that last run. Um, I don't think the step out to 1,300 would be any issue for her. And uh, I'm hoping that there was some talk that they might move this meeting to Ramek. I'd much rather it be at Rose Hill for her because she's three from three at the circuit. I saw that, unbeaten at the circuit. And uh, I tell you what, I think you might have a liking for Rose Hill too. I was just going through the numbers and your strike rate at Rose Hill is pretty good compared to Ramwick. Just getting back to this girl, she's a six-year-old by Toronado. You've had a what, less than a year, and, and I just sort of look back when she was in Victoria and her form was fair at, at fairly middle to higher benchmark level. What's been the key? Because you've really found a way to flick the switch on this one. Yeah, got it. I inherited her um, halfway through preparation last time around and she raced well, mm. but once she was able to have a significant spell in the spring 
and um, second time round, which is significant for a lot of my tried horses, second preparation here. She's really gone to a new level, strengthened up, confidence at, a, at an all-time high and just racing right up to her true ability. Yeah, and she's got that acceleration now, I've noticed. I mean, things did go away in the Group 2 Expressway. They went pretty hard early. The time overall was, was slick for sure, but uh, the last 600, not so flash. So she camped away there, but that ability to let down, she seems to really put on a couple of lengths, that ability to quicken and put the opposition away. She's very genuine and a very kind mare to deal with. We often see with these good race fillies and mares that they're, um, they're a little bit of a handful. She's mm. certainly not the case in point with her. She's... Um, it's a beautiful horse to work around. Just turns up with the very best every time she goes out there, which is a trainer's dream. And fairly bulletproof, Joe, I'd imagine. Good, you know, in wet yeah. and dry. Yes, she is. Yeah, no, I'm happy to see her on either, either kind of surface. She's performed on both. Where do you think she can get? I mean, uh, two from two. She goes to a certainly a very winnable group two, Millie Fox. Just looking around the next corner, where do you think she can get to? Yeah, so it's a bit of a um, drawing a line in the sand after Saturday. Important to see her at the 1300 because our option to run her again in two weeks' time in the Canterbury Stakes at mm. 1300 or give her the four weeks off and go to the Galaxy. So I'm, I'm going to assess her after Saturday and, and work that out. Just looking, as I say, six-year-old, still lightly raced. Can she get a strong mile? No. No, 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 she's, no. She's a sprinter. She's a sprinter. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether 13 or 11, deep into a prep, what's going to suit the best. Okay, so you get a real guide on that this weekend for sure. Okay, the other one you've got there is a horse that's so only had the one run back, four-year-old mare party for one. That's in a 1,100-metre uh, benchmark 78. It's a, it's a mare by Rubik, second up. lot to like here, Joe. Uh, she settled well back, resuming, hit the line like a train. Yeah, yeah she's a super talented uh, mare. She's a very frustrating horse. For punters, she just never seems to have any luck. Gets herself into some awkward positions, but she's had you know minimal luck in running for some time now, yep. and it's frustrating because they they lose that. Uh, it's not a will to win, but they lose the confidence to just you know to, to get the job done. So I'm I'm hoping Saturday turns out a bit better for her. A nice soft draw here would be ideal. Doesn't need to be dragged back. Eleven hundred row two. You don't want to be too far back. So, yep. um, hopefully, she's, she's in for a change of luck. She does seem to be one who is best ridden that way, Joe, isn't she? If she can just get the right toe and get a real crack at them off a decent tempo, she, boy, she can run home hard. Great turn of foot, and those sort of horses you don't want to take that away from by having them too close to the pace. But as I say, if she can get a soft draw, no reason why she couldn't be running fifth, sixth, seventh. You know, and just sort of poised and ready to go when they straighten up. Yeah, and she came through that trial. I noticed off that first up run, she had a fairly quite provincial trial, so that just kept it kept her ticking over nicely. She's a bit of a ticking time bomb, and mm. uh, I didn't want to have her too fresh at the races. So yeah, that was just a little tick over trial. Joe, when you say she's like a ticking time bomb, what do you actually mean by that? Does she play up a bit? Does she? What I was referring to with Maria being so good, she's the opposite. She's just right. she's a bit of a handful, bit of a handful. Not, not in a not a really negative way, but she's just um, ticking time bomb. Just sums it up, honestly. She's just ready to <laughs> ready to explode at any at any second. Just, just quickly now to wrap up as we're looking ahead to say we do switch to Rose Hill, and you said there was some doubt on that meeting, but generally you must. When I try to line up these two tracks, it's obviously a de- debate for another day, but. Uh, it just it does play a little bit more even right through the field, do you feel, Joe, Rose Hill? Um, oh, look, it tends to be a bit more on pace, doesn't it? Mm. It's been pretty good of, of, in recent times, though. I just find horses either like one or the other. You get the occasional horse that's um, you know, pretty adaptable and goes at both. Mm. But um, a lot of my sprinters like Rose Hill because you've got the, the extra turns and a horse like Eduardo or Maria Mayo, I think, they're, they're very nippy and they just enjoy running their opposition off their legs a little bit and, and going around multiple corners 
enables them to do that and get the other horses off the bridle. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point when you compare the two tracks. Well, there's a lot to look forward to, Joe, of course. It's another big Saturday coming up in Sydney. Rose Hill, Maria Mia, uh, Group 2 Millie Fox for the girls and big watch for punters. Party for one, second up in that benchmark 78. So uh, thanks for joining us on this preview show, Joe. Good luck on Saturday. Great. Thanks very much. There he goes, Joe Pride, and our special extended interview with Joe Pride coming up on Sunday morning. We'll release that podcast around 6.30 on Sunday for you. Let's get stuck into Neil's tips for Rose Hill and Flemington. First of all, Rose Hill uh, races four, six, and eight. The track is a soft five. The rail is true. We'd expect some improvement on that with hot, sunny conditions for Sydney leading into Saturday and for race day, an absolute scorcher, sunny and 35. Oh my goodness, Neil, it's going to be stinking hot at Rose Hill. You'll have those speedos out again, mate, for sure. <laughs> I don't think so. Race four, the $250,000 group two silver slipper stakes for two-year-old set weights over 1100 And Neil, number three, King's Gambit, just beaten by Red Resistance two weeks back at Rose Hill in the group three Canterbury. And it's the favourite with the tab at $2.60. Yes, Sumsy, big day for King's Gambit in the Group 2 Silver Slipper. And don't worry about that soft five. We will get to a good four, uh, particularly out there at Rose Hill coming from Randwick, which was hard to pick last week, Randwick. Uh, less water under the surface at Rose Hill. It'll be pretty firm by the time we get going. Big form line on show here, and I'm sure plenty of punters know about it. King's Gambit, first up. Uh, was a hot price, got rolled, but it uh, did chase home a flyer called Red Resistance from the Gay Waterhouse Yard and who had a soft lead. So the run was probably better than it looked. Education-wise, King's Gambit will learn a lot. The big form line sums, Red Resistance went to the trials yesterday and was a low-flying Concord, broke 32 seconds for its last 600 metres and absolutely smashed the clock. So Red Resistance is a glaring form line there to be on King's Gambit. Uh, to win the Group 2 Silver Slipper Stakes. I think it's D-Day too. You know, to fight for those credentials for the Golden Slipper, stay top of the market, King's Gambit, confident, will win the race. Obviously, mate, I think the, the danger drawn the inside is number two cylinder, uh, who's been placed twice, uh, beaten all by the winner in two runs for Godolphin, uh, gets the soft run. It's the Quinella runner, number two cylinder, uh, and plenty of class with number eight, Platinum Jubilee, who's very consistent form. Good two-year-old, put it in for third. Uh, good quality race, the Silver Slipper. King's Gambit to win, to beat Cylinder and Platinum Jubilee. That's race four at Rose Hill, and Neil's numbers are three, two, and eight. Let's go to race six, the Group 2 $200,000 Millie Fox Stakes, a quality handicap for the fillies and mares, over 1,300 set weights and penalties. And Neil, after talking to Joe Pride, Maria Mia. I mean, <laughs> I, well, it's uh, yeah. Look, uh, I, I don't think it's a strong addition of the uh, of the Millie Fox for the for the fillies and mares. And look, I was pretty confident, Maria Mia, two from two this prep. But talking to Joey, Jesus, a little underlying flow of confidence there. And I love the way he talks about this horse. Not just the ability, not just the motor, but the fact it does everything right before the race, going to the barriers. He says it's a pleasure to train. Got to be on Maria Mia. I think if you can get even money or even into black odds, I think you're launching there. Drawn the outside, but it's got a nice little turn of foot and acceleration. And I think the the jockey, Tim Clark, really just needs to give this horse a squeeze, this mare. Uh, and she's the one to beat for sure. And there's something about those older mares. They really click into action. And for a six-year-old, it's certainly a horse to follow. So Maria Mia, big time to win the Millie Fox. I think Electric Girl, number one, First up for the Hawks Yards is a threat, and certainly over the odds at around about that $9 mark, I think that's way too big a price. Smart first up record. I think it can run the Cornella from a good gate, 
Uh, and the other one to leave in is number six, Roots, for Brenton Avdala and the Chris Waller Yard. Roots, uh, coming off any sort of break, is very smart when fresh as well. So um, I think they're the big three in the race. Maria Mia, number two to win it, to beat Electric Girl first up, and number six, Roots, in for third. And Maria Mir is uh, at $2 at the moment with the tab. And on the next uh, line of betting is Electric Girl and also Roots at around the $8 mark. So there's mm. a difference there, isn't there? Oh, look, I think the gap's too big. You know, I, look, Maria Mia, it's all about the price. Uh, probably probably 210 220 is when you launch in and probably will get to that. But I do believe Electric Girl, that, I think that's a silly price first up. Should be around the 5 $5.50 mark. I think the Quinella's there to back. That's race six. Neil's tips are two, one, and six at Rose Hill. Race eight now, the $400,000 Group 2 Hobartville Stakes for three-year-olds at set weights over 1,400. And Neil, a big lead-up race this for the Group 1 Ramwick Guineas in two weeks' time. Animo just beat a charging halal in last year's Hobartville. And this year, the money is piling on to number three, Aft Cabin. Yes, Aft Cabin. That first up winner, of course, was dominant, got the right run. Look, uh, as you say, Sumsy, a natural stepping stone to the Guineas over the mile. I know it's very easy to oppose a horse when it's $1.60 into $1.50, but I still can't believe the horse is that short. Despite the fact that Aft Cabin in its brief career has impeccable 1,400-metre former, two starts over that trip and has won the easy, a real push-button three-year-old, still has to come over from the wide gate. When you see a horse that short, there tends to be some sort of, there may be some fun and games inside, try to keep that horse posted. There's still some tactical work to be done, even though the market says, it's Aft Cabin's race to lose. Look, I'm going to um, put the hand on the heart and stay with Ossipenko, uh, who I thought was a chance of beating at first up. That backfired, but there were excuses. Lost its spot in the run, was left without cover, and sort of wobbled on the turn as well, And but still hit the line quite well. I thought it was a run that got under the radar. We get up to 1,400 metres now. Ossipenko will very much improve into its second up run. And I have noticed, uh, look, I snuck a bit on it around about the $9, $8.59 mark. It's in now to nearly 7 Yeah, I think that price will continue to shorten. And, look, I'm happy to tip it on top each way all day here, Ossipenko, to cause the upset. I've got it in at the value, of course. Two F cabin, a star in the making goes in for second. And you have to respect uh, number five, Zoo Tiger, who's consistent, sits up top and can run third. But uh, good, good addition of the Hobartville I want the uh, the upset. Ossipenko to nail Aft Cabin. That's race eight at Rose Hill. Neil's tips are four, three and five. Off to Flemington now. The track is a good four. The rail is true. Melbourne in the midst of a heatwave. Temps getting up to 38 for Friday. A little bit cooler for race day. Sunny in 24. Race seven. Oh, this is going to be a beauty, Neil. The group one, $1 million black caviar lightning stakes. A 1,000 metres down the Flemington Strait. Wait for age for the country's best sprinters. Named in honour of Black Caviar, who owns the race record of 55.42. Three straight wins from 2011. Plenty of quality. Nature Strip is back after a 105-day break. And interestingly, 27 of the last 33 winners, including last year's winner, Home Affairs, have been first up after a spell. Nature Strip is the favourite. He's in at $2.10 at the moment with the tab. And Cool and Gatter on the next line of betting at around, ooh, where's he come in now? He's at uh, $7. So am I reading that right? You are reading that right. $7 cool and getter. Uh, good fresh, right down in the weights. Uh, look, you can make an argument for a few of these over the odds, uh, Sumsy, in this race. But gee, it is a wonderful pitchfork race into the autumn. 
the uh, the black caviar lightning and you mentioned 55.4 for black caviar down the straight who could forget it and you know she was smoking the pipe and having a little salad and just lying on the armchair when she ran 55.4 she could gallop a bit the big the big girl well how do you think nature strip will go uh look i've seen chris waller posting plenty of nice photos of a very relaxed nature strip uh trialed well always trials well the big boy eight years of age Look, he's under the odds for me. I think this is a really good addition. I think there's some really smart finishes coming back in this race. Uh, just slipping out to around 210, I think Nature Strip will get longer. Might even get to 240, 250 mark. I'm going to go wide in the market here with number two, I wish I win. Uh, resuming for the Moody-Nolan combination. First run back since that outstanding off-the-speed win in the Golden Eagle at Rose Hill, which would have been about late October. Normally, this is a very, very good fresh horse. It can really rattle off a, a, a blistering final three or 400 metres. Normally would resume over longer, much longer indeed. Now, 1,000 metres might end up being too short. But one thing I know, that's offset a little bit by the straight course. And I think there's plenty of speed around Nature Strip going up top as well. Horses like Fire, uh, Marabi, Gatter, they'll go forward, might set it up from one off the speed. So I think at the value, well into double-figure odds, I'm going to be on I Wish I Win, number two, to cause a big upset in the lightning down the straight. Uh, I'll leave in number one, Nature Strip, for second. You have to. Big trialer. He'll be right there, the big boy. 11, cool and gather, smart, fresh, no weight, must be there. And just in for fourth, if you're playing the, the first four sums here, I'm going to leave in number five, Bella Nipotina, who also has a pretty smart, fresh record. But a really good addition. I wish I win. Double-figure odds can cause a big upset. Plenty of value there at $11. Get out the Quinellas and the Trifectors and the Multis and have a crack with uh, Neil's tips on race seven at Flemington, number two, one and 11. Yes, look, it is, it's is—it's a great race for the exotics. Trifectors, first fours, even exactors throwing one or two in more and play the doubles into other races. But uh, always a fascinating race. This launches the big sprints, you know, obviously heading towards the new market march and other sprints as well. So uh, must see viewing this one. This is the Neil Evans Says Podcast. Don't forget our special podcast interview with Joe Pride. You can hear that from Sunday morning. It'll be out on Google, Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can follow Neil on Twitter and get more racing info and tips for Rose Hill and Flemington. Neil's Twitter handle is at Neil Evans Mail. And you can also read Neil's weekly racing preview in The Sportsman, Australia's most authoritative racing journal, thesportsman.com.au. We release the podcast every Friday by midday. Don't forget to share us. Another great job from you again, Neil. And I had a call from uh, the boss upstairs during the week. Everything's going high tech with the podcast. Wow. Yeah, we're being replaced by machine learning and artificial intelligence, which is, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why they'd want to replace us. So we're about as artificially intelligent as you can get, I reckon. <laughs> well, I'm trying to work out are we more artificial or more intelligent?